0: Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host Christian Klepp and today I am honored to welcome a gentleman onto the show who I've been corresponding with via LinkedIn and Zoom. And believe me, we've discussed everything from the state of the global economy to politics and history. And on top of that, he's also a successful entrepreneur who runs several businesses across multiple geographies. So Mr. Mrunal Nagrecha, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much Christian and it's amazing to be there on your
0: podcast. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know it's so wonderful to connect with you um, and uh, I guess we have uh, quad meets to thank for that and um, I'm lo- really looking forward to discussing uh, some of these topics with you you know that we're both very passionate about so um, you know let's let's kick start this conversation um, by you telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Sure so um,
1: I'm I'm a business tech guy who lives in Mumbai in India. Uh, mm-hmm. And why I use that word is, uh, you know, I'm someone who understands best of both the worlds, which is business and technology. So right. I've been in the technology industry for more than 19 years now. And, uh, you know, I've been working with some of the top companies as, as, as my customers. So to give you a background, um, I'm the founder of Xanthus Software Solutions, which is a niche technology company, um, you know, with more than five years now, uh, and focuses on, on on a lot of um, you know cutting edge technology solutions. I'm also running another uh, company which is called as Vyapar Networks, which is a B2B platform where primarily we help buyers connect with sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of this, Christian, on a, on the personal side. Um, you know, I'm a very adventurous person. Um, I do a lot of adventure activities. So, um, you know, you, you you could see me uh, some jumping off uh, an aeroplane, you know, rafting in a oh. river, uh, mm-hmm. trekking in the Himalayas. Uh, you know, these are these are things that uh, keep me alive outside of the work I do.
0: Right. Wow. That is indeed an extremely uh, impressive list of credentials you've got there. And uh, thanks so much for sharing that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I could kind of see you being this, like, very adventurous person. Uh, I mean, like, you know, outside of work. And then that's probably why, um, you know, you've got this um, go-getting, risk-taking attitude. You know, like, um, it doesn't only uh, transcend in everything you do professionally, but also outside your personal life. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. So, um yeah, tell us a little bit um, about like, uh, is there a current project that you're working on that you're you know you're very excited or motivated about?
1: Oh Yeah, so um, you know at at Xanthus, um, mm-hmm. you know we are right now working on our own product which is called as Learnix. Um, so it's mm-hmm. primarily a learning management product which is which is built by our team. Um, essentially, what it does is it provides a ready-made platform for Online coaches, trainers, training academies, and small and medium enterprises. Um, so one thing, Christian, which has happened, uh, you know, the, the the pandemic crisis has hit us in the last five months, and yes. one of the things what has happened out of this is that you know there's a lot of um, you know remote e-learning which is which is kicked off, right? right. Which was which was which was never in. Uh, you know, never in picture so much earlier. And here's here's a you know here's a statistic which I want to throw to our, to to the listeners as well that you know I believe the mm. global e-learning market is is about to explode because yeah. it is expected that the growth between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty five is going to be more than uh, you know twelve percent
0: CAGR. So that's those are quite oh. big numbers. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing! Oh, uh, you, you know, um, thanks for sharing that. And uh, you know, you definitely like I I think uh, hit the nail on the head with regards to um e learning. And it's not just really uh, from a business perspective, because certainly if you do it the right way, that's that that that's a that's a certainly a, a lucrative niche. But it's also right. from the user's point of view. Um, and why do I say that? Is because you know a lot of people during lockdown, um, you know. Where where people are working from home or they're staying at home. I mean, like, what better opportunity is there to you know um, to upgrade your skills or to take that course or um, you know um, take that class that you've been putting off for so many years? I mean, if it's one positive aspect that has come out of this lockdown, at least from um, my personal perspective, is that it it has somehow helped to kill a bit of the procrastination within each of us. Right? So oh, people, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. so, so, what I think, Krishan, uh, here is like, you
1: know, it, mm. it is at both ends because, uh, yes. as you said, you know, people who are, um, you know, doing their jobs, they are mm. also in a certain kind of a pressure to say, you know, we, we got to upskill, uh, you know, we got to be ahead of the, of the market so that, you know, there are skills where, um, you know, we can bring to the table, bring more value to the roles yeah. that we're doing right now. So, that's one side of it. And the other mm-hmm. side is, you know, suddenly there's, uh, you know, so many, um, you know, a boom of, you know, these online coaches. Uh, let's not forget, you know, people like mental health coaches, for example, because yes. the anxiety and stress level of being at home and, you know, mm-hmm. your whole work and, um, you know, your home environment, everything together is is taking a toll on people's life. So I think, you know, there's, there's this whole culmination of, people coming together and trying to help on the on the coaching side and what we want to do with learnx is to give them the ability to you know create their own branded solution by using learnx and and take it out to all the people who would need some of their services
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and i and and i think um that, that's such a valid point because, you know, like um another reason, I mean, like for people to take these online courses is because, you know, the state of the state of global affairs um, has just completely um, been disrupted in terms of like, you know, the, the way that we work, the way that we conduct business. And even if things do roll back to whatever is going to be the the, the new normal, um, it would have changed because, um, you know. Uh, something that we've seen uh, happening in these past couple of months is um, the rapid advancement of digitalization um, and technology across um, across different sectors. And uh, you know, somebody like you can surely attest to that uh, to that disruption because you know you're 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 in this industry.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I think you know this is this is going to be literally a turning point as far as you know how businesses were looking at some of these uh, things which were not considered a necessity, right? Like digitization, yeah. uh, you know, upgrading technologies were, uh, you know, for some, for for a lot of companies, they were uh, not at really at the top of the agenda,
0: which which it has turned mm. which, which it has shown suddenly. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. So, no, that's a, that that that's a, that's an amazing insight. Um. So thanks, uh, thanks so much for sharing that. Um. Mm-hmm. So you know you've been uh, Munal, um you've been running several businesses across different industries, um, you know, across different geographies um, for many years now. So give us a bit of a background, you know, um, in terms of like what prompted you to take uh, what I call the leap of faith into the world of entrepreneurship. Because sometimes it does feel like that, right? It, it, it is a, it is risk. It's a leap of faith.
1: Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, I, I completely, uh, you know, second that thought, Christian. So so mm. I come from a business family background uh, so right. in general that always helped because uh, you know i learned so many nuances of running a business uh, while looking at my family uh, you know while they were running their businesses it, it, it was yeah. you know, easier to uh, learn because i was i was close and it was happening all in the family right mm. so um, but eventually when you talk about uh, you know the leap of faith uh, that came a little late. I would say when I was around 34, that's when I decided uh, to start something on my own. And that's how mm-hmm. Xanthus was born. Um, okay. It's not an easy decision to take up entrepreneurship, honestly. Yeah. Because um, I believe, uh, you know, you should have a big heart. There are mm-hmm. uh, you know, always going to be failures that you got to learn from. So, you know. Yes having a big heart is very important and plus you know all the patients in the world uh, is is what you need uh, because you don't taste success at the you know very first step that's 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 how mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's worked for everyone no one's done that at their first shot yeah so um, you know to sum it up um, I would say you know it's like a it's like uh, you know a toddler think of a toddler right who falls mm-hmm. so many times in a day but still tries to walk with a smile on his face. So that's 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 yeah. how I look at you know taking the big leaps. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a really apt description for what entrepreneurship is like. And uh, mm-hmm. you might and you might you might have seen this one. Um, it's it, it's um it's a meme or uh, shall I say it's a cartoon that's been floating around on social media about um what other people think entrepreneurship is like and it's basically it illustrates um there's an illustration of an individual at the at the foot of a mountain and the path is relatively flat uh-huh. which basically means without obstacles and then the next picture shows what entrepreneurship is really like in terms of the journey right and the next picture obviously is completely different because what it is is um it's not it's not a smooth ascent up the mountain as you can imagine it's filled with crags and crevices and valleys and you're going to have to climb all the way down and up because you don't have rope <laughs> and 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 you can see that the, the the character is um frustrated at times and crying and then happy and then it, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a roller coaster of emotions so um i i think that was a very apt description for what entrepreneurship is is actually like in real life right yeah so you know um uh just, just to discuss this point a little bit further, um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you faced early on in your journey as an entrepreneur and how did you manage to overcome um you know these hurdles?
1: Yeah, so you know, running a business in general is is never easy no matter you know how mm. experienced or um inexperienced you are, right? Yeah. So um uh, in, in in my case, I had my share of challenges, so I had to face a lot of challenges, uh, especially at the very very beginning uh, when we started. Yeah. So um, you know, I definitely uh, you know want to highlight two key issues, uh, you know which I faced, and you know, uh, I would definitely like to bring that out for the listeners of this podcast. Um, so I think the first one is what I call is uh, getting business on the plate. Um, so you know, think of this, right? We are, we are talking about challenges and I think uh, one of the most important and equally difficult is to continuously keep getting um, new business and, you know, in fact, even retaining your existing business, new customers. I mean, all of that is, is, is definitely something which is challenging. So, yes. um, you know, what I feel is most of the businesses, most of the business that you as a company get is generally through known contacts. Hmm. So we also had our initial set of struggles to get more business and scale. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where, you know, what I did was I had talked with a lot of my connections and uh, would ask them for uh, business or for even for contacts whom they think, you know, there was a need for, um, you know, a technology requirement somewhere. So mm-hmm. um you know the, the the takeaway i always had was you know you should never be afraid to knock doors to uh, ask for business and of course mm-hmm. never never ne- never forget that one liner which which is always there right which which says yeah. if you are out of mind you are out of sight right right yeah indeed, indeed. so um Do- so i mm-hmm. think this was uh, uh, this was one part where you know getting business on the plate uh, was one of the challenges there was another important set of challenge Christian where, where you know we had to yes. uh, build a winning team mm. so I think the, you know, this is in my mind this is the second most important problem where getting the right people on the team is extremely important yeah you know just like yeah. you know we did at that time. Uh, people were hesitant to join a company that has just started that's that's mm. the fact of life right i mean how, yes. how do you how do you get people on board and how do you get very good people on board uh and, and show that oh you've started a company and you know there's there's a lot of um, you know career uh prospects out of you know working at at your company so um you know how we solved the problem here was we tried to sell our uh, vision of what we wanted to do at xanthus in the in the next coming years and of course the long-term vision um, mm-hmm. along with that what we did was we built a great work culture and mm-hmm. an environment where people loved coming to office every day I think that's one of mm-hmm. the most critical things right you don't you don't yes. like getting up on a Monday morning and being dragged to the office that's that's not what you want to do right. So, um, you know, the thing to remember, as I always say to, you know, all the people who are budding entrepreneurs is, you know, your team is the one who converts your dream into a reality. So give mm. them everything you've got to empower them.
0: Yes. Yes. No, that's... Um, no, uh, th- thanks so much for sharing that, Muranal. Um Those are some incredible insights. And I think, um, you, you know, you... Um, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more i mean you know these these two points i mean you know to the first point about like generating uh new business and getting those meetings with those um you know with those respective members of um you know your p- uh, potential customers or target audience if you will i mean right. how incredibly important those are and, and of course to the second point about you know um, having the right team in place and that's so extremely important and uh, you know it's um it's, I, I suppose it's part of the growth process of every company and, you know, as they go through growing pains or even as the co- company continues um, to evolve. And, you know, maybe at, at times uh, it has to adjust its positioning or its offer and to also ensure that the team either grows together with that evolution or mm-hmm. um, or you get people, you know, you get external people um, in, into the company that will help to complement um, you know the changes that you're making in order to, um, in order for there to be some kind of degree of um, continuity. Yes, that's right. that's so yeah. important, Yeah, indeed. So, uh, um one of your companies, so Xanthus, right? So, as as you mentioned uh, already before, um, you know it provides a full range of um, IT solutions as well as services that are linked to uh, such things as IoT, um, bike sharing. Uh, cycle sharing systems, enterprise solutions, digital office assistance, and augmented reality, and that's that's quite the solutions palette, <laughs> if I do say so. Um, yeah. And your other company, uh, Learnex, as you've already um, mentioned uh, in the past couple of minutes, um, provides training and e-learning solutions for companies and institutions with a large uh, distributed workforce. So let me set this up for you a little bit before I ask you my questions. So. As you're well aware of, and we've been hearing this in the past couple of months, the world is currently going through a crisis, uh, you know, of an unprecedented magnitude, and it's completely disrupted life as we know it. So, looking at the current situation from a more positive perspective, um, as I mentioned before, we've seen, you know, we've seen some improvements in the way that we've, uh, you know, in the way that we work um, through the rapid advancement of digitalization as well as the advancement of technology. Um, across different industry sectors. Now, from your um, professional experience and from what you've seen, what role do you believe digitalization and technology will have or will need to play moving forward as we navigate through this crisis?
1: Oh, so, um, you know, before this pandemic hit us, you know, mm-hmm. there were a lot of businesses who felt uh, technology as an enabler. I mean, you must have heard this like, I'm sure you must have heard this tens of thousands of times. Yeah. Um, but today the harsh truth is that, you know, technology, digital transformations, these are all disruptive in nature. That's, that's, that's what has, what that's what it has turned out to be. So it can literally, you know, make or break a business depending on how you use it or you don't use it. So, you know, all I'm saying is businesses across the globe have understood what the use of technology and the use of digital transformation um, can bring to the table. Um, you know, it is so important to be paperless and have things on your uh, technology systems because you know the 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 tomorrow that we are going to see there is a large possibility that we might have. You know, hybrid offices, which means um, you know, people are coming to the office only a couple of days, or for that matter, we might not have offices at all. Right. So that's 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 a big thing, right? Because uh, Mm -hmm. you know, people would be remote. uh, You know, there's 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 no use case of paper here. So uh, you know, uh, all your things have to be into software systems. They got to be digitized. There has to be. Workflows and you know that that's that's yeah. how the world of tomorrow is looking like. So that's the reason why I use you know the word that you know this is this is now we are in an age where technology has turned into a disruptive mode rather than just an enabler. And and you know businesses mm-hmm. who will embrace this change are going to move way way faster.
0: No, well, that's a that's a great observation. And um, uh, w- would it be also fair to say that you know with with this advancement of digitalization technology? I mean, certainly there are uh, several advantages, and you've highlighted uh, many of them. Um, but also, at the end of the day, uh, these are these are uh, platforms and these are mediums. But you know, would it be fair to say that you know you'd also need to have um, systems and processes in place to help complement this technology and, and this digitalization? Because you know, at the end of the day, um, it's still like uh, it, it still requires that human element and that interaction.
1: Yes. So um, you know. We are you're absolutely right that question so mm-hmm. you know,
0: processes mm-hmm.
1: uh, in fact let me let me tell you this the, mm-hmm. the whole process piece is is actually now going to be even uh, a couple of steps further because mm-hmm. what happens here is you know since you are remote um, you know since you are not meeting people um, you know you, you your company needs to have processes even more well defined than what they were earlier because um, you know now there could be uh, you know people working in different time zones teams are remote uh, so you know there has to be set process that you know this is the first step this is the second step that's that's how yes. uh, you know you're going to uh, make sure that because your processes are right you are able to deliver to your customer in the right way and i mean you know you could you could use the best of technology uh, in the most disruptive way but if you don't set yes. the right processes you might falter so i think again as you rightly said it, it does go hand in hand and there is um, you know a definite need of setting your processes
0: even better than it was what it was earlier indeed indeed and it's you know it's all in the spirit of continuous improvement right exactly so, right so and and, and you, you know you you touched on this already and I think it was a great point you know talking about being an enabler. So you know um, by that um, token, uh, what role do you see for yourself or for your companies, right, uh, as as an enabler or initiator of change through the kind of work that you do and the solutions that your company provides? So being the founder of a tech company, I believe
1: we've got a moral responsibility to. Help our customers understand the change that is happening around us, mm-hmm. and also guide them and help them build powerful tech systems so that right. they can navigate, uh, you know, through the crisis that are happening right now. So, yeah. effectively, look at this question. You know, we are we are having a pandemic which which has probably happened once in hundred years. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that you know the next one probably might not take that long you never know Mm. so it's not just about building uh systems which are uh you know good to go today or you know are are covering you today but it's also about making sure that you've upgraded your systems enough that you're going to uh you know be covered for at least the near future Mm
0: -hmm. no that's um that That's a, that's an incredible insight, um, you know, and, and and thanks so much for pointing that out. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einbleck Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblake.co for more information. You know, you've probably heard this, um, you you know, uh, in the past couple of months, and you've probably had these conversations um, over and over again, but you've probably had conversations with clients, um, you know, during this pandemic um, who have come back to you and said, hey, listen, our, you know, our budgets have been reduced or our budgets have been cut completely, but in spite of all of that, we still need some kind of form of solutions that your company is able to provide. So that being said, what kind of advice have you been giving clients uh, during this pandemic, um, especially those you know with, uh, who are facing this kind of dilemma about you know with the budget cuts or reduction?
1: Yeah, so um, you know we've been working with our clients um, very very closely, especially mm-hmm. during this period, um, to to understand you know they reduced budgets. Uh, which is, yeah. which is of, of course not a surprise, um, mm-hmm. and 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 still try to find a way um, to upgrade their software systems, you know, to to help them navigate this crisis. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, majority of them, uh, you know, they have started. Our clients have started investing both their time and money uh, a yeah. lot more. Than what it was uh, previously, which which I believe is a very encouraging sign.
0: Well, that's um, well that's fantastic, and I think it's always um important, especially during these uh these times of adversity or these difficult periods, that you know you you um you reach out to customers and you see, uh, you know you you try to find a way to like continue to serve them, even though the circumstances um you know are clearly uh, not the same, and they're. You know, you're probably having uh, different conversations now as compared to like this time last year, but you know, it's also about it's it's not always about the immediate like uh, uh, um, you know or foreseeable transaction, but it's it's about like that uh, building that uh, that trust or continuing to build that trust rather in your case and and, and that long term relationship, right?
1: Yeah, and and also look at this, right? I mean, this is this mm. is the time where you know you you got to stand up for your customers and and see how you mm. can help them through right if yes. if, you, if you look at this like we we are uh, you know the experts in in the in the technology and digitization field so mm-hmm. if you look at the pandemic you know there are there are health workers who are standing up and saying yes we are going to help our country we are going to help our people around and and make them safe um you know yes. i look at it the same way uh, you know although we run a business which is fine but mm-hmm. uh, you know this crisis we got to also make sure that you know to help our customers in such a way that you know they are not caught in a position where they don't have the proper technologies and uh, digitization methods and they, they they fall on their face and and probably end up losing their business as well so that that's why I used mm. uh, in the early of my conversation that i think it's our moral responsibility to also guide them where we feel we have uh, you know the knowledge about what could be done uh, from a technology standpoint, to navigate them through.
0: That's absolutely right. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And as cliche as this expression is going to sound, I'll say it anyway. It, you're not just providing hardware, but it's also the software aspect of it, right? So correct. Right. So you know, and and we've talked about this in the past couple of minutes, but you know, you've um, you've set up a few businesses that have now expanded beyond uh, India, and you're serving customers and markets all over the world, and you know, among them uh, the United States, um, Canada, Thailand, the UK, and Australia. And I, I think it's fair to say that this is by no means a small feat. I mean, it's difficult enough to um, run your uh, your business um, in general, like within your own country, but then to have it expand abroad, that's just an, an entirely different ballgame, right? Um, because right. that requires somebody that doesn't just have a global mindset, but also someone who has a long-term vision for the company. So tell us what you believe is needed to successfully run a service-based business such as yours across so many geographies.
1: So I think, you know, at the very least, I think a couple of things here which which I would specifically like mm-hmm. to highlight. Uh, one mm-hmm. is as soon as you expand your business um, a, across uh, geographies, you know, what happens yeah. is you, you've got customers in, in, in various geographies, right? So, yeah. Um, I think the first thing which uh, you know I'm very um, you know clear about is you need to have respect for different cultures and customs. Mm. So let's understand this. Every country is different, and yes. every country has a rich culture and tradition. So as a business, you know one should know more about uh, you know your customers cultures values the the way they conduct business um mm-hmm. because at the end of the day only those biz- businesses would succeed who would understand and respect the human values it's it's all about human touch uh, at the end of right. the day right right so um you know this is this is one point which i wanted to bring up the other one would mm-hmm. be um, you know more on the operational aspect but which is yeah. also important is to be very mindful of uh, you know matching the customers time zones because yes. as soon as um, you know you, you you scale your business across geographies it is important that there has to be consistent communication from mm-hmm. the client uh, as well as from uh, you know from from your team so that you know people who are working in you know, so one of the ways to do this would be uh, make sure you've got people uh, who are working in the right shift so that they can overlap with the customer's time zones there's communication happening between both teams um, yes. you know, the, the 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 last thing you want is you know your team is probably doing a great job but there is there is a communication gap which is uh you know stopping them to understand that hey you know the the team there is actually doing good but we don't know, so I think yes. you know this is one of the key things where a, where a lot of uh, businesses could make mistakes, and uh, you mm. know this is how we've set up where we make sure if there are uh, you know time zone differences, we we overlap with the customers' teams and give them the updates uh, regularly, so that you know there's there's clarity that you know are we on path, are we doing good. I, I think that's where
0: yeah, no, that's, uh, those are those are some amazing insights, and uh, you know I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's you know having um, having that uh, sensitivity to um, the cultures of um, other countries, um, also being very aware of time zones. And I think many of us work um, across multiple time zones. I mean, even here in North America, you know, we are, we're working with people uh, just in this continent alone, um, you know, that are that are in a different time zone. So they're like three hours behind, four hours behind, and so forth. And you know, um, yesterday I was on a call with uh, China. So you know, it's right. obviously when it's morning here, it's evening over there. Um, similar to uh, similar to the current situation where you and I are having this conversation, right? So
1: yeah, and, and, yeah, and look amazing. at this question, I think our our mm. customers uh, are also aware of of the time zone difference. There are, yes uh, you know, so many of them who say, you know, we what we will do is we will, uh, you know. Divide the customer calls, divide our calls into, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like uh, putting them across uh, where some days, uh, you know, our teams would do the call where it's, uh, uh, you know, late evening, India time. Um, Mm -hmm. Some days they would do it uh, where it is late evening in, in probably, let's say, North America. And, and yeah. it would be morning for us. So I, I think this is where the blend comes in where, you know, because mm. you've uh, understood the, 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 the culture, you're putting in the human values. People yes. at both ends understand that, you know, that uh, you know, there has to be uh, a, a, a mixed ground. And that's where, uh, you know, the, the, the team starts working together and everything starts coming into one place.
0: No, that's uh, that's absolutely right, and uh, you know that's such a, and that's such a great compromise too, right? I mean, it it, it helps to um, harmonize the, uh, the 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 work ecosystem to a certain degree. Absolutely. All right. Okay. I mean, you know, you've been a you've been an entrepreneur for many years now, so you know, uh, certainly you have um, you know you have um, your uh, your own mindset in uh, or or your own philosophy in in terms of how. To run a business successfully, so uh, let me ask you this: Can you tell us about that one thing, yeah, you know, that one commonly held belief uh, which other entrepreneurs have that you passionately disagree with?
1: Um, yeah, this 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 one's Christian literally on top of my mind, and and, and I mm. want to put it out. So uh, you know, I I see and meet a lot of. Uh, New entrepreneurs, because um, mm-hmm. primarily I'm connected with a lot of business communities. Um, mm-hmm. The one, the one thing that I commonly see and the one belief which I completely disagree uh, and and feel yeah. that all entrepreneurs should let go is of mm-hmm. micromanaging. Right. So every entrepreneur or founder, um, you know, feels that the company they have formed is is like their baby. Yes. Um, which means that, you know, they would like to get into every details, every aspect of what's happening in the company. And that's where, you know, they, they kind of start micromanaging. Hmm. So, um, you know, here's, here's how we did it at Xanthus. You know, the the idea mm-hmm. is to pick the right people. Um, I mean, for sure, for a certain period, there is handholding, right? So you can't yes. just say that, oh, let me pick the right team, the right team is here, and oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing something else. No, that's, that's mm-hmm. not how it works. There is handholding, which is fine. But the idea is to pick the right set of people and, you know, let them work in their own way so that you can come out, you as a founder can come out of micromanaging and working towards scaling your company, which is, essentially your role as a founder
0: yeah right right exactly and that's a and, you know you, you brought up such a great point because you know it goes back to the whole question about like why do people micromanage right right and, and there's many and there's many reasons why they do that I mean uh, one most importantly is because there's a lack of trust right? right second one is that there's somehow like either a communication breakdown a lack of transparency or because there's a belief of it's either one side or the other just doesn't have the right system or processes in place, right? And you know, it's it's maybe for for one or all of these reasons that people just you know can't help themselves but to micromanage, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, think of this, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm 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 I I I actually became a father first and then an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it might be weird for some, but I. I you know, correlate a lot of my um, parenting learnings with my entrepreneurial le- learnings. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we do as parents is uh, when, when you know, when the baby is born and, you know, while it's crawling and trying to learn new things, we also, you know, you are very uh, close to the baby trying to sort of micromanage, right? Hey, le- you know, it's yeah. like, hey, let me see what <laughs> the baby is doing. And, and, you know, that's, that's, i think that's where uh you know we need to understand as entrepreneurs that it's although the company you formed is your baby but at some mm-hmm. point you have to let go of certain things if you know that you've got the right set of people to take it further and uh you know w- w- why did you form the company you formed the company because you you wanted to uh you know uh, get more business scale it to a level so mm-hmm. i think that's that core responsibility as as founders, is what at some point we tend to forget, uh, you know, when mm. when we've grown to a certain extent, and and that's why I feel this whole micromanaging thing uh, is a big hindrance to growth as well as far as uh, non-entrepreneurs go.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. So we've talked about this before, I think, in a in a previous conversation. Um, you know, like do people in your business circle know you, or do they call you by another name, and and, and why do you think that is?
1: Oh, Christian, there's 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 a nice story around this. So let, let me tell you this. So <laughs> this is this uh, is
0: why I'm asking this question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, people in my business circle who know me, uh, they mm-hmm. they call me by the name of uh, Guru, which means uh, mm-hmm. in, that's that's a uh, you know a word in Hindi language, uh, mm-hmm. which means an expert or a, or, or a master um okay but I, yes. I i primarily got this name uh from a popular um, bollywood movie here in india which was called okay. As guru um mm-hmm. you know where the actor has uh he, he always keeps on saying this one amazing dialogue uh in the movie mm-hmm. which says you know i can't hear the word no right so <laughs> so 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 you know it, this it, this Specific thing resonates a lot with me. The way I have run the business, um, you know, I, I, all all I've just done is, uh, you know, right from uh, the the whole dream of Xanthus to to running it a year, um, you know, I I've always thought, um, you know, whatever comes to my mind and is like a straight decision. I I just I just uh, don't think too much about it. I go for Mm -hmm. that decision and see how it works out. So if if I had to, uh, you know, structure this into something where the listeners of the podcast could take away something, I I, I believe Mm -hmm. in a very simple strategy, Um, Mm you know, uh, in in four words that would come out. One is do. The second word is fail. The third word Mm -hmm. is learn. And the fourth word is adapt. So do, Mm -hmm. fail, learn, adapt if you do okay. this process in a circular motion in your business life um, i'm sure
0: there is there is uh, you know definitely success which is which is going to come your way that is absolutely amazing so just one more time now for the listeners do fail learn and adapt right exactly And and what a great philosophy uh, to have not just you know not just for your business but but you know in um for life in general because you know this can be um you know this can transcend again beyond the professional field to anything anything you do or any endeavor you you know you set your mind to. Oh oh oh, yeah absolutely
1: Christian because this is something uh, that I'm sure you know all people in their personal lives come across right i mean we have we have failures there are things we want to do there are naysayers who will Mm. say that oh you can't do this oh you are not capable of doing that i I mean the the belters Mm. oh absolutely so Mm. so and and believe me i've got i have got my share of naysayers in my life as well but Mm. i mean Mm. the 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 way i've looked at it is hey look we've got one life which i believe is fairly short it's not too large right so yeah um you know just just do what you got to do uh, you know if if you are passionate about something do it um don't don't think about it 50 years down the line when you're in a hospital right so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's better to do it now and see what where it takes you and and you know who knows you could you could really make something big out of it
0: absolutely and the, you know it 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 it, uh, it um uh, to your point um there's an uh, there's an old saying and i'm i'm not sure who said it but it's um it's not how long you live, it's how you live it.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to make make life large in that sense. You're you're, you're absolutely
0: correct. Great. So, uh, Murunal, this has been an excellent session. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Um, What's the way, uh, you know, what's the best way for people out there to connect with you?
1: Um, I think the best way for them uh, would be to connect um, via email. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. For all the listeners, they could connect to me uh, on my email address, which is mronal, M-R-U-N-A-L, at Mm -hmm. the rate xanthus, which is X-A-N-T-H-U-S dot I-N.
0: Excellent or they can just meet you on one of those quad meet calls <laughs> oh oh absolutely, um, <laughs> absolutely. And, and and i'm
1: sure uh, you know the the, the listeners of uh, the podcast they would be mm-hmm. um, uh, you know definitely listening about our quad meet conversation so i think that's mm. one of the best ways to uh, connect and network with some amazing people so so yeah
0: indeed indeed so Murunal, um, you know, as expected, uh, this session has been nothing short of a brilliant conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Um, take care, stay safe, and uh, talk to you soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Christian. And, and, and I hope uh, the listeners enjoyed the session as well. All right. Fantastic.
0: Thanks. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at co, and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.